Me and you and a dog named Boo Traveling and living off the land This is The Greg Cody Show With Greg Cody Pardon it Here's your host, Greg Cody Everybody, we are waiting on a special guest And you're special for being here Thank you all, Pod family, again for showing up. But you can't believe who we're waiting on right now. And are you? Tell you you're not that excited. Come on, are you? Oh, fake, you're faking a little bit right I now. I am not faking it. This is serious. I mean, anybody who knows me uh, knows how dear the phrase "Greg's Lobos" is to my heart. Okay, <laughs> Greg's Lobos has been in my life since the late '60s, since I was a kid. And and it, Greg's Lobos is my football, my all-time PFPI championship team. My fantasy team, uh, it's just always been a part of my life. And guess what? Today, we're talking to a man named Greg Lobo. <laughs> I mean, I cannot be more excited. <laughs> I mean, Yeti, gets, Yeti deserves a raise. I'll say it. I mean, he, okay. he, he, he found on the internet last week, somebody out there is named Greg Lobo, and he got him. Good job, Yeti. Right. I found three, and I reached out to three of them, and... Uh, and and this and this Greg Lobo was the first one to get back to us. So now I'm wow. disappointed that we're not having a Greg Lobo party with like four of them here. Like we're like that would be. Still. <laughs> How can there possibly be three men walking the earth named Greg Lobo? There are several in South America. The last name Lobo, like what is that? Um, I think it's like Spanish slash Portuguese. Well, we're gonna find out soon, name, aren't we? We are gonna find out. He probably doesn't even know. I, you know, a lot of people don't know the origin of their. Last name, quite frankly. I don't think that's true. Yeah, do you? Uh, it's French, isn't it? Cote? Uh, you, so you don't know what you're saying, isn't it? No, I know yeah, that is. Sure. I do know that's it. I'm just saying, like, right. you know, the fact that you're asking me is making me question it a little bit. But yeah. No, it's French and, and French-Canadian. Cote. Cote. <laughs> hey. I, I never say Cote unless I'm making a reservation at a French restaurant. <laughs> Yeti, I'm not sure what uh, where the origins of Blanc are. Actually, I do. I just know that's not your real last name. I was just making a joke. Have you seen my skin? <laughs> In the words of your dad, when he when uh, when we went out to lunch, he told my wife he is a very white man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you were particularly white in the context of South Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were like a milk model sitting in a restaurant. What the hell frankly. is a milk model? Oh no, a milk bottle. Oh, bottle. <laughs> what do you think I said? A milk what? A milk model. Is what <laughs> oh, no. See, we used to have glass milk bottles that, when filled with milk were as white as uh, whiteout, which you would use uh, back when you used a typewriter. I have grandparents, Greg. Uh, we're getting off the track now as we wait for Greg Lobo. Now I'm now I'm imagining Yeti as a milk model. <laughs> Maybe that should be another line of business. Like walking down, walking down a runway, holding a glass of milk. Like that's like what I'm... Yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, as we wait for Greg Lobo, and it just delights me to just say his name, Greg Lobo, uh, I want to tell you that later in the podcast, um, I am going to address this uh, business about uh, my holdout from the Levitard show, uh, which is not a contract dispute. And I'll explain all the details about why I'm holding out wow. and my future on the show and all that crap. So that's coming <laughs> up. Uh, I'm also going to explain, not apologize for my controversial Aubrey Huff column for any of you who read that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Dolphins preseason opener a little bit later. And uh, I want to do some quick housekeeping. This uh, harks back to last week's episode. Are, are, uh, we do, are you still teasing or are we doing that right now? 
Well, we're, we're, I'm going to do the housekeeping thing real quick. Um, in last week's episode, we did a, a very popular, funny, Greg doesn't know movies. And in it, um, in, in the little bit about uh, where I blew the. Any given, uh, any given Sunday. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I called it, but. Uh, you called it re- never on Sunday. I did. Uh, and, and, and here's the housekeeping I want to clean up. I refer to any given Sunday as having been uh, filmed at the Orange Bowl. Wait, let's play that clip for the people right now. Name the classic football movie starring Jamie Foxx, Al Pacino, and Cameron Diaz. Easy answer. The Longest Yard. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right? No. My name is Willie. (laughs) Willie Beeman. I got the ladies screaming. The Longest Yard. Nothing? That doesn't help me. Dad, it has to do uh, with the day of the week. Al Pacino gives his most... Oh, never on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally the opposite of that. (laughs) Always on Sunday. Any given Sunday. (laughs) Wow. Oh, any given Sunday. Man, I should know that because that was filmed in the Orange Bowl in Miami. (laughs) The the film uh, recorded at the Orange Bowl was a movie called Black Sunday. So (laughs) I got wrong yet another movie with with sunday in the title so it was black sunday <laughs> filmed at the orange bowl <laughs> i think you've proven that uh greg doesn't know movies <laughs> uh that's a good way to put it yeah yeah black sunday and we did i mention we have a new monk greg Moore? no which is fantastic it's one of my fa- it might be my favorite of all time um what just happened what happened to your energy <laughs> well i'm waiting for greg lobo i mean i don't know you know i'm a <laughs> He just like tailed off, kind of like. <laughs> I know I did. I'm, I'm prone to do that. Um, you get to be my age, you tail off. Um, just ask my wife. But seriously, see what I'm wondering is uh, Greg, Greg Lobo told me that um, he was going to delay happy hour by a little bit to join us, and I'm wondering if he decided to uh, maybe start early. I hope so. I, I want a uh, I want a soused up Greg Lobo <laughs> stopping in the Zoom right now. I want an ebullient talking slightly too loud. Greg Lobo. How about this Greg Lobo, huh? You, you, you get a chance to come on a podcast and you're late. I like it. It kind of shows like I'm important, okay? I don't need this that I don't need this that much. <laughs> yeah, I'm start, he's starting to piss me off, Greg yeah, Lobo. I, I, I have to be honest with you. So you're you know, rem- come on, Lobo. You know. Is he reminding you too much of yourself? Uh, you know. <laughs> probably gonna show up with an agent and demand money like the NILs and college football. It's gonna be a big nightmare. All of a sudden we're paying Greg Lobo to be on. Who do you think you are, Lobo? That kind of thing. So we've got a pretty good handful of decals sent into the uh, social media accounts, uh, people showing how they've been using the decals. Great. And um, and I thought that was I thought it was pretty cool. I, I have to say that I'm, I'm starting to see that our, that our crowd is either very singularly minded or they just lack creativity because most people just slap it onto their cooler. That's the most common picture I've seen. Hmm. Um, one guy brought his right. to church, but he was too scared to stick it on the pew. Yeah, I dared him. I love how Yeti's being like a, a sticker snob right now. Like, you don't know how to stick a sticker? You don't know cool places to Ask put stickers? Where I put any of the ones that Greg gave me. Where? Right here. <laughs> right here <laughs> right. in my hand. Yet, Yeti's going to sell them on eBay. Right. I like a sticker on a laptop. That's where I like a sticker. Yeah, I do too. And how about, how about let's go old school? Somebody put it on the bumper of a doggone car. I saw car. one or two that? of those. They have, I've seen, I think, two people um, have put them on 
on the car. And uh, but yeah, most people they put it on their coolers. I, I do have to appreciate they're using Yeti coolers, which is kind of cool synergy. I've so, I've seen that's probably the <laughs> most course. common cooler that I've seen them place it on. Right, nice cooler, by the way. Good, good for you uh, putting out that line of coolers. <laughs> if only. Um, but but I do I do have to say, like everyone is also another commonality I've seen is everyone has a picture, whether it's focused in or not, they have a picture of the note you left them, which I, th- I think is cool. It means it's not just a scrap of paper to them. It means something to them. So that's pretty cool, too. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that. If you get your decals and, and want to be really creative, you know, you know, send those in or uh, tweet those at, at the show feed. You know, if, if they're good enough, we'll, we'll retweet them. By the way, um, the first time I see a Greg Cody show, uh, sticker on the bumper of a car near me, and I actually notice it on the road. I'm going to be so excited. I'm going to follow that car <laughs> for 45 miles. They're going to think I'm stalking them. They're going to call the cops. There's going to be blue lights in back of my car because I'm following this car constantly. But <laughs> it'll be good because when the cop stops me, the other car will stop to testify against me. And then I'll say, I just want to congratulate you for having a Greg Cody show. Then you can sticker. offer one to the police officer. <laughs> I should. But only one, though. <laughs> that got me out of a ticket once, by the way. Really? That's right. Yeah. And I was coming home from uh, South Beach on 95 at that time. I was not on the turnpike and I was speeding, as I often do. <laughs> and a cop stopped me and he was a fan of the show. And it's the because I'm never one to say, <laughs> by the way, you don't know who I am, but do you happen to be a fan of the love of I, I never do that. Obviously. Ever. I mean, oh, God, that would be the, you would be the worst if you did that. <laughs> it would be the worst, but some people do that. But anyway, uh, this guy recognized me and it was the only time I've actually gotten out of a ticket for um, Z-list celebrity. So there. I can't tell you how proud I am of the fact that we've done what, what six or seven minutes of this podcast. And we've talked about having a guy named Greg Lobo on. And the Greg Cody show decals. Like if this is That's not right. the most self-absorbed start to a podcast I've ever seen, like, I don't know what is. <laughs> you mean other than the fact that it's called the Greg Cody show with Greg this Cody, the Greg Cody show with Greg Cody. And we started talking about just having a guy named Greg Lobo on, and then just five minutes on decals that are of the Greg Cody show with Greg Cody. That's right. And, and by the way, I want to mention one thing. Uh, the name Greg Lobos was born circa 1969 when PFPI was born. And I'm going to be very honest with you. I, I, I mean to ask my brother this because he might remember. I have zero clue why the hell I named my team Greg's Lobos. Huh. Uh, because at the time, I, I knew nothing about, I, I did not call, uh, follow college football. I didn't know there was a New Mexico Lobos. So it wasn't that. That makes it for an interesting story. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, know just, I know that's what I'm saying. Like, it's crazy. Like, you're literally like, like you think there's some cool story behind it, but you're just like, I have no clue. <laughs> I wish, I wish there was a cool story. Why don't you call Uncle Dick right now, and and uh, so that he can him and haul for thirty seconds and go. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. I'll call him uh, this way on my phone. Actually, I'll just do it okay. this way. Let's do it. Let's do this. Uh, All right, old school style. He's gonna be like, hey, I hope he's hey. not in bed. Be like, hey, Christopher, hey. <laughs> Hey, Uncle Dick. Hey, what's happening? Hey, hey, did I wake you? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's 4 p.m. Yeah, I know. Almost yeah. bedtime. I've been in bed earlier than that before, believe me. <laughs> it caught me at a good time. Uh, no. Hey, uh, so I'm actually talking to my dad. We're doing the podcast for this week, and we're we're having a guy named Greg Lobo on the show. Oh, yeah. So 
a uh, some kind of athlete? No, that's Greg Brown. He's a, he's a Lobo. He plays at New Mexico or New Mexico State. Oh, yeah, that's the guy we're ha- we're having another guy on, just a guy named Greg Lobo. But uh, so so yeah, we're a good show. So we're we're basically wondering how my dad came to like name his team Greg's Lobos back in the beginning of BFBI. It was kind of you know back in the day. This is going back forty years, fifty years, or whatever. But uh, I, uh, he was having a trouble coming up with a name. And uh, I suggested Lobos. Oh, there you go. So it was your idea. And like, what was like, like, had you heard the Lobos as a, a nickname for teams? Like, where'd you get it? Was it was a nickname for uh, somebody in Arizona, I think. Arizona team? I don't know. Arizona, out west somewhere. And uh, I think he asked me, what the heck is a Lobo, you know? And I told him, it's uh, Spanish for wolf. Huh. And uh, that's how that came up. Well, there you go. Somehow. What's uh, happening down there? Nothing. We're just, uh, you know. Recording the podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Are you recording now? Yeah. This is on. Like, you're on it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later. I'll see you in a couple weeks for the draft. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, we'll see you then. Later. <laughs> I love how we just basically uh, did the thing with Julio Jones and Shannon Sharp. Like, we just did that to Uncle Dick. So, he could have said some naughty things, but he didn't. <laughs> All right, this is exciting. Greg Greg Lobo is here. He's in the waiting room. Let's let him in. R- tell him that we're live on air, Dad. Seeing that name okay. is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hello. Hold on. Your audio is not connected. I, we can't hear you. We can see you from the nose up. Now you got to unmute now. All right, there you go. Hey. I guess you, Greg's not the only one who's not great with technology. <laughs> Classic Greg. Classic Greg. <laughs> yeah, we Gregs have to stick together in 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 being luddites uh, against uh, against technology. Yeah. Um, well, I, I can't tell you what a thrill it is for me to be talking to a man named Greg Lobo. So, welcome to the oh, podcast. Thank you very much. It was quite a uh, quite an unusual invitation. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I um I, I appreciate you putting up with our foolishness, and I want to give you a quick backstory as to why we wanted to invite you on. Um, I've had uh, my my football enterprise has been named Greg's Lobos since <laughs> I was not a an kid enterprise. Circa it's 19, not an enterprise. <laughs> 1969. Well, we we had a family football prediction thing called that we call PFPI, uh, Pro Football Predictions Incorporated, and it began in 1969 when I was a kid, and I named my team Greg's Lobos. Okay, which to this day is the name of my fantasy team. And so uh, it, it was after the University of New Mexico Lobo. <laughs> of course. And it, yeah, and it just occurred to me that there are people walking the earth actually named Greg Lobo, which is so cool to me. And, and I want to ask you, uh, what is it like being a Greg Lobo? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's great. You know, I, I tell you, the, the Lobo last name is, is one that, you know, I've gotten so many comments on over the years and it's, it's unusual. We, you know, have a lot of fun with it. I mean, it kind of leads to a lot of, a lot of good nicknames, and a lot of people just call me Lobo. But you get, I got Bo and Big Lebowski, and oh yeah, and Lobes and Beer Lobes, and uh, that, do people call you GL? Uh, GL sometimes. I used to get the sheriff you know, because of the. Uh, how much would we have to pay you to permanently add, legally add, an apostrophe s to your name, Greg? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I think I'd have to redo some other things in my life as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's funny. So th- did I hear you right? Some people actually refer to you as Lobo. Oh, yeah, you got to. My wife calls me Lobo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Baby. Baby. I tell you, there's, there's a lot of people who don't even know Greg's my first name. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where where are you from? What do you do for a living? Um, I grew up in New Jersey. Born and raised in New Jersey. Been out here a long time. And uh, I started a financial advisory business, Black River Associates, with a, a Wall Street friend of mine about a year ago. And uh, that business is growing. And it's kind of exciting to be able to, uh, to have my own thing going. Greg, when, when, when our podcast reached out to you, uh, did you have any idea, like, why we were calling? Like, had you ever heard of the Levitard show? Did you know that there was a Greg's Lobos being talked about on national radio? Or Oh, you know, it's funny. I, I, I've watched Dan's show in the past, and I'd seen you on there before, but I never knew about the Greg's Lobos thing. <laughs> um, and when Yeti reached out and emailed said that you had to, he said that about your fantasy team, and I was like, this is pretty crazy. i got to get on there. Okay. We would like to uh, invite you to be, with no remuneration whatsoever, uh, the official financial advisor of Greg's Lobos. I would love that. Thank you. (laughs) Great. How does that rank among your career highlights? That's right up there. It really is. (laughs) Do you know any Greg's that use two G's on the end, and what are your feelings towards them? Oh, yeah. I knew one I grew up in high school with. I never never liked the two Greg's. Neither do I. Yeah, we look down on yeah. two Gs. Yeah. Well, mine's short for Gregory, so it kind of always got to go with the one G on that one, I think. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you, you do fantasy football as well, right? I do. I'm fantasy baseball. It's, it's just funny. I did a, uh, I graduated from Georgetown in 89, and we started a league in baseball in 1987. And that Hoya League is, uh, is still going today. Did you keep like the stats? Like, did you guys chisel it on rocks? <laughs> We used to really have to get the, get the paper and get the put stuff on the box scores. So now it's all on the, on the websites. And then, then started fantasy football about 20 years ago. And you know, i got to say, I probably enjoy that a little more. Now, what is the name of uh, of your fantasy team? Well, one of them, it's, I, I hope it's appropriate. My football team is named after uh, a tight end on the, my hated Eagles, uh, Zach Ertz. My team's my ball, Zach Ertz. <laughs> 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 That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, uh, I'm a cancer survivor, and uh, I had cancer back in in uh, early night, actually 2001. I had it, and so I haven't been. Rec- That's kind of where I got the the really raspy voice. But uh, my baseball team's got cancer. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, now, in all these 30 plus years of playing fantasy sports, have you never once considered having a team named Greg's Lobos? <laughs> you know, I never did. And now it sounds like I, uh, you have to, yeah, I almost have to. My ball Zach Ertz is a great name. Like I was going to say, you got to change it to Greg's Lobos, but that's great. <laughs> it's one of the best I've heard. Honestly, Greg, isn't everyone in the league of Lobos? Isn't their team named the Lobos? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Levitard show. I don't know if they still have it. They used to have a, a league of Lobos where everybody in the league, and there were like 30 people in the league, they were all, you know, Dominique's Lobos and Pablo's Lobos (laughs) and her Lobos and his Lobos. And it was, but there's only one Greg's Lobos. I'll tell you that. Oh, that's great. So they don't change the baseball team to that. I like it. I like it. So, um, uh, when, when you find out that, uh, that you're on a podcast talking about, 
Greg's Lobos, uh, does it fill you with uh, with shame and humiliation? Like, how do you feel right now doing this? I'm pretty proud of it. You know, I, you know, I, I worked really hard for the name Greg Lobo. <laughs> and, Good. And uh, <laughs> you did nothing for that name. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, what? It, it's a Spanish name or Portuguese? Tell me. What do you know about your surname? Well, it's Spanish. I mean, we have uh, Spanish. It means wolf in uh, in English, obviously, and. Right. family in spain and we had a lot of family in the in the sugar business in fact my the second cousin of my dad was julio lobo who was the, the sugar king of Havana. and wow. our family has a uh a sugar operation in colombia in cali, in cali called la manuelita yes a sugar company in cali colombia i'm picking up what you're putting down greg <laughs> <laughs> a sugar company quote unquote no i'm just kidding now this is a miami-based podcast so when you refer to sugarcane and Havana and all that stuff, um, it, it bears a follow-up question. Tell me a little bit more about your connection, uh, your your family connection in terms of Havana Kings and, and sugar and all that oh, stuff. Through my dad's side of the family, you know, these at some point they became the Lobos and his his second cousin, Julio, started the whole empire in, in Havana and was there and and you know, it's funny to this day. I met so many friends from South Florida, uh, some of whom are from Cuban ancestry, and in some cases, they had relatives who worked with Julio. You know, worked at the house, and like, oh, he was you know, a wonderful man, and it's it was great that he has such a legacy. Unfortunately, you know, he had to he had to leave like so many others. Greg, we're going to let you go, but uh, I'm just wondering, and I hope this isn't a personal question. Uh, when Mrs. Lobo uh, calls you Lobo, uh, is that in the context of romance, or is that just in general? um everyday life that's just in general everyday life i'd say <laughs> okay uh well it's an honor to have been chatting with greg lobo uh as the um as the head coach and ceo of greg's lobos it's our first opportunity to talk to greg lobo and it's been a pleasure uh i thank Daniel, you sir it was a pleasure thanks for having me on put a lobo mint under your pillow and dream big <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys thank you all right we'll see you there is a whole wiki article on julio lobo here we go. Yep. I just saved the show. <laughs> hey, you're back, Greg Lobo. How's it going? I've trying, never done it on my phone before. I'm trying to get off and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Greg Club. <laughs> I'll, I'll kick you out of here. You're out of here. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he reappeared. That's the first time I've ever had a guest reappear like a ghost, like an apparition. Real cream! Hey, cool cats. Tired of suffering from prolonged virginity? Want to attract the kittens like a fancy lad? Well, a little dab will do you, and two will do you double. Brill Cream. Guys, put your hands on your tube and squeeze. Brill Cream. Dabbing it. Brill Cream. A little dab will do you. Brill Cream. What's the matter to you? Fancy lad must always look so debonair. Brill Cream. Oh, look at Chris. He's <laughs> he's dreading this conversation already. Well, see, what I'm dreading is the fact that we're recording this on Friday, and my dad is 
is, is ins- he insists on having coverage of the Dolphins' first preseason game. Correct. And I'm telling him that, you know, like as he's learned with our Greg Cody show decals, that we have a, a, our audiences from all over the country. Very small percentage of our audience is really – most Dolphin fans don't even care about the first preseason game, let alone – all the people that don't root for the Dolphins. So I just don't feel, and you know, it's a Miami Herald podcast. I know that, but our audience is national. So I just, you know, he feels the need. So we're about to squeeze in a conversation we're going to record after the Dolphins first preseason game. So you're about to get your Dolphins fixed folks. You hear that people in California, you hear that people in Texas, you're about to hear about the Dolphins first preseason game. Everybody in America is excited about the year Tua. (laughs) God. Year two of patent pending. <laughs> hey, I wanted to jam into this podcast uh, a thought or two on the Dolphins' fake game opener on Saturday in Chicago. Um, they were up 13 nothing and lose 2013, and the run defense pretty much sucked. But other than that, um, nobody cares about those things. It's a fake game. But I did think um, Tua was very encouraging in the start of year Tua. Um, he went 8 for 11 for 99 yards, uh, had a pass dropped, had another completion nullified by a penalty. He was really uh, in command, I thought, really sharp. Uh, he was missing his two, two of his top three receivers, but still looked really, really good. Obviously, the one blemish was a big one. He made a decision that hit want back and threw a goal line interception. But overall... I thought it was a really encouraging uh, game if you're a Dolphins fan, particularly from the standpoint of Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback who must improve greatly in year two for Miami to um, have any kind of a chance at all. So pretty good start for the Finns. That kind of thing. All right, I want to get right into um, this uh, holdout of mine from the Levitard show and, uh, and, and tell you why it's happening, how long it's going to happen, I have no idea. But... Um, uh, it's not about money. I, I want to emphasize that and underline it and italicize it with an exclamation point. And it's never been about mon- money. Um, I want a contract. Uh, as you know, when, when Levitard left ESPN, which was when January. Yeah. So that's, that's two thirds, three fourths of a year ago. And, um, and I've been doing the show for free basically with no contract and, and no pay whatsoever. And, and it's costing me money to do the show. Uh, because I don't have a parking card, so I'm paying $80 a day to park in a Cleveland garage. I mean, it, it's it's one thing not to be paid, but it's another thing to to have doing that uh, lose money. But here's the thing. Uh, $80 I a day. Dan, Jesus. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's I just mean, more it's of like, a cra- it's crazy how much parking garages cost on South Beach. Like, that's the that's the biggest like scam going on right now. Like, I, I don't think what's going on with Levitar, like, I feel like you're going to get taken care of, but that should just be, that should not be allowed how much they charge for parking. No. And, and here's the other thing. Uh, I have the option of parking like three or four blocks away for a lot less, but then um, I'm huffing and puffing three long city blocks. And by yeah. the time I get to the studio, I'm sweating and I'm out of breath and I don't want to do that. So I'm paying the $80, but it'd be nice if I had a parking park anyway. <laughs> I offered Dan and and Dan and I have talked about this many times, several times. uh, I offered a barter system where, Dan, I don't want the money. Don't pay me a cent for doing this show. I'll continue to do it gratis in exchange for you promoting this podcast 
as if it were part of the Levitard and Friends Network. And for whatever reason that he needs to explain, um, that can't happen. That won't happen. So that's not an option. So it, it finally reached a point where I'm just, it, it was enough for now. You know, Dan and I are, are good friends. This is never going to break up our friendship. I have every hope of being back on the Levitard show. But, um, you know, un- until I get a contract from the Lark, <laughs> then, uh, then then the holdout may continue. So I don't know why. As a listener, I, I appreciated that Dan was like, yeah, he should hold out or he, you know, he shouldn't do this for free. Like, because he totally could have played the heel on it and like, made a, a, a fake rivalry you know and and started it up that way but no he just straight out he's like right. yeah he's like he's like it makes sense it's okay you know and 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 i appreciated that for you know because like th- there is entertainment value in the tension and everything but uh at the same time it's like i'm glad there wasn't anything fake there like i didn't need the stress in my life um especially being on this show um but <laughs> but like so that was cool it, it was cool that greg he really showed he is your friend you know he didn't try to he didn't try to fabricate anything it's right just like, yeah he shouldn't do it for free i, I just want to say state on the record that i've been getting paid so i'm very happy with everyone at metal arc media and dan <laughs> well i i need to state once more on the record greg i haven't been paid for the last few shows so maybe now starts my holdout good day <laughs> It's funny you should say that because Christopher is going to uh, Venmo or whatever the hell you call that. However, we get money to you. Uh, he's he's going to do it uh, ASAP because I. Then I think Yeti was doing a bit there. I, I don't think he was like actually bit. needing. I didn't think okay. he needed you to like put the, the dirty laundry of like our actual, you know, the way we. <laughs> like. All right. Well, listen. Before we leave this uh, holdout topic, uh, I, I I do want to emphasize that I know my place on that show. I I know that I'm a grain of sand on the beachhead and and. I don't want people to think that, oh, I think I'm bigger than I am. I'm holding out for all this kind of money. No, I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm holding out for a modest salary uh, that would cover my <laughs> my parking costs. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that'll happen. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen for me to be on this coming Tuesday, but I'm confident that it uh, may happen before long because you were still on mystery crate last week though. So that was weird. <laughs> I know. Well, that's because I was, you know, that fake asshole out, <laughs> fake asshole out. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? No, because when I had a chance to be part of a conversation with a member of the professional women's bowling association, it was too much to pass up. It was uh, probably one of the best mystery crates that uh, that I've ever heard. It's just fantastic. A riveting interview. Riveting. It really was. Aaron McCarthy. Fantastic. What a woman. Where were we? <laughs> was I done ranting about my holdup? You, you sound like you just walked three blocks <laughs> down uh, from seventh to tenth. <laughs> I know. I'm telling. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Didn't you say? Didn't you say earlier in the show that you wanted to talk about Aubrey Huff? Yes, I do because. Um, I don't know how many of you know who Aubrey Huff is. I don't know how many of you read the column I wrote. He had a nice career in in Major League Baseball. I think he retired with like 250 home runs, a couple of uh, uh, World Series titles with the Giants about 10 years ago. Good ball player, great ball player at the University of Miami in the late 90s. Uh, Made the UM Sports Hall of Fame down here. Well, in in his retirement, he's sort of gone off the rails. (laughs) In more ways than one. He's an extreme right-wing zealot, anti-vax, disparaging the severity of COVID, all that stuff, to the point where he got permanently suspended from Twitter last week. And nationwide, 
everybody on social media and all all the other mainstream media are applauding Twitter, saying good riddance, calling him an idiot and, and just taking every opportunity to criticize Aubrey Huff. So I wrote a column and, and I, I did the limbo in the column. I tried to bend over backward, telling people I do not support this guy's ideology on everything he says, the sexist remarks, the transphobic remarks, uh, his attitude on COVID. I abhor all of it. But I raised the question in the column, is there room for any empathy here? And the reason is that through recalling him a little bit from his UM days and through doing some research, this guy's got a lot to unpack in his personal life. Uh, His father was murdered when he was barely old enough to remember him. He's had um, alcohol problems. He's had Adderall amphetamine problems. Uh, He's gone through a divorce. When he first got to UM as a small town kid from Texas, he was mercilessly bullied uh, by his fellow players on the Hurricanes. He was made fun of for being a virgin. It, It took him a long time to feel right and to fit in. And I'm not a psychologist. But I'm just imagining that some of this maybe contributes to who he became. Oh. And again, you know, I'm not excusing any of it, but I just don't feel right, especially in the context of, of everything going on with mental health awareness now, where we've just seen a Tokyo Olympics dominated by Simone Biles withdrawing from most of her events over her own mental health care. And so in this context, I'm not prepared to just vilify this guy and call him names for his political views when there may be more at play. And uh, and people hated that column. I love that you wrote that column, actually. I mean, I, I think, you know, I didn't know those things about Aubrey Huff. I had, I'm someone who had just kind of, you know, checked out on him. But you opened my eyes to it. Honestly, the, the article you wrote is about mental health. Because, like, that is... That, that does that just you mentioned that you're no psychologist, but that has to have played a... It, like, we can say... It played a factor. Of course, that those major traumas would play a factor in the way he is. And like I said, I'm with you, obviously, like that dude has said some terrible things. But, you know, I, I like you as just a strategy of a writer of like taking the other side on things and, you know, not going for the easy stance. And I, I, I applaud the article, actually. Yeah, I am. I, I really appreciate the fact that you're willing to even give that a look, because I think everyone deserves that. I I'm with you like the guys ideology the things he says the way he treats people pisses me off i hate it i absolutely hate it but but it it comes from somewhere and there are people plenty of people who have been through worse that treat other people a lot better it it doesn't mean that everyone's going to be the same way and i think there is room for empathy in in all of us it was basically before your article my thought on aubrey huff was that guy's an asshole and after your article my thought was he needs help I think the way I closed the article was something to the effect, I abhor just about every point of view this guy has ever espoused. I just hope he's okay. You can hate everything a guy stands for and still worry about him a little bit and and wonder if he's okay. And, you know, that's the only point I wanted to make is that it's fine to, to hate what this guy stands for and vilify him, but have a little empathy in some of the stuff that he's gone through that that maybe led him to be the person he became we've had conversations about just like you know like just general like strategies as a writer and i like this i like you doing stuff like that and like going with the stance of that probably people didn't expect it's a very dan thing of you to do (laughs) oh wow i don't know if he takes that as a compliment (laughs) 
Um, I, it, it does meet, though, uh, the definition of what any columnist would call a good column, which is a column uh, that becomes a conversation piece yeah. that some people absolutely love, that some people absolutely hate. Uh, you know, that column drew more likes and comments than um, stuff I've written in a long time. And, and it's because of the debate. And when I say that that was a controversial column, there were a lot of people who liked the point of view and who applauded the the uh, point of empathy. Uh, but there were also a lot of people that said, I don't care what this guy's gone through in his past. Uh, he's an asshole. And that's fine, too. You know, let's let's just consider all point of views, including the empathy here. And that's that's the only Trans- thing I wrote. transition. So. Armando Salguero. <laughs> wow. Uh, Armando Salguero, for those of you who don't know, don't know, uh, was a Herald sports writer for I think he still is. I think he's got another few days with the paper. Uh, he, he's been with us like 30 years. Uh, he's had a, a, a long, strong career, mostly as a guy covering the Dolphins, as, as a columnist um, who writes about nothing but the Dolphins. And, you know, in, in transparency, Armando and I have never been friends or particularly close. But um, what if you're in Publix? What if you're in Publix and you're walking down the same aisle? I would say, what the hell are you doing in my Publix, Armando? Because we live about 40 miles apart. But, I, but, but, I'm, uh, but the, I think that the Publix question is a serious one in that. Is it a stop and chat or is it a keep it moving and just like, hey, how's it going? I, I'm just going to say Armando and I have never been friends or particularly close. But uh, I, I respect him as, as, a, as a professional reporter, and I wish him well wherever the hell he's going. Good luck, Armando. I believe he's going to outkick Clay Travis's website. That sounds like a good fit for Armando. I'm sure he'll be happy there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing. You are. No, I do wish him well in all seriousness. Should we get to um, uh, Mount Gregmore and get the hell out of here? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. That's awkward. As we uh, as we wish Armando well, um, hey, this is just for you, podcast listeners. It's free of charge and worth every penny. We have a new edition of Mount Gregmore. How about that? This is the ranking that kicks the ass of Mount Rushmore. Why? Because ours is a top five plus in honorable mentions. Today, in honor of our special guest, Greg Lobo, we bring you the Mount Rushmore of Lobos. <laughs> oh, Christ. First, the honorable mention. They're the long-standing Tex-Mex rock band from East L.A., best known for a big hit record of their 1987 cover of Richie Valens' La Bamba. It's Los Lobos. Now, number five. He is an alien born on the utopian planet Zarnia who works as an interstellar mercenary and bounty hunter. It's Lobo, the character from DC Comics. Greg uses Google. Can I just leave? Can I just go? Can I go for the rest of the day? (laughs) Number (laughs) Number four. This is the winningest team in the decades-long history of PFPI. Oh, God. And now also one of the most famous fantasy football franchises around. (laughs) And because it's my damn podcast... Greg's Lobos. You're number four? No, I'm number I'm number four. That's right. <laughs> right. This this reminds me of the episode of The Office when Dwight is talking about running the hotel hell and he's only the assistant manager in his own dream. <laughs> Seriously, like what an what a forgettable number to put yourself at. Like it's it Okay, well stick around and see what's bigger than every, Greg's Lobos. Everyone three. agrees that the most forgettable <laughs> number in a top five is four. Like it's just a consensus. <laughs> 
Number three, national champion at UConn, Olympic gold medalist, WNBA All-Star, Hall of Famer, now a TV analyst, Rebecca Lobo. Does she spell it L-O-B-O? Okay. Yep. Number two, it's the University of New Mexico Lobos, led by the two most notable Lobo alums, former NFL star Brian Urlacher and actress from Laverne and Shirley fame, Penny Marshall. <laughs> I still can't get over you putting yourself at four. Like, I just haven't gotten over it. And it's just, it's just so weird. I just don't know in, like, the psychology of it. Yeah, it should have been higher. <laughs> He's now um, filled and with now, <laughs> in number one, number one, today, he is a 78-year-old man named Roland Kent Lavoy, living in near obscurity in Tallahassee, Florida. Ah, but we remember. You see, back in the early to mid-70s, he had four big hits on the radio, led by the beloved Me and You and a Dog Named Boo. LaVoy's stage name? Lobo. That was oddly <laughs> sensual. Can you give us a little take? Me and you and a dog named Boo Traveling and living off the land And that's it for the latest award-winning edition of Mount Gregmore. How about that? Not terrible. Not, not terrible. Not terrible. You guys aren't old enough to remember Lobo in that song, are you? No, I don't know that song. And I, I would, you know, if there was anyone else on here, it would be me. And he's old, and yet he yeah. has an old spirit. <laughs> I would love to. Um, I know we get in trouble, and you all say we can't do it. I would love to sample ten seconds of that song so that people can can recall it. Um, could we do that? You, you sound like you need water, so we should probably wrap up this episode. You know, we're rap, rap, rap. They call us the rapper. <laughs> Everybody, podcast family. We thank you all. We thank special guest Greg Lobo. I never thought I'd say that, and what a career thrill. (laughs) (laughs) So ridiculous. I literally think that's the most ridiculous guest in podcast history that we had. Like, just in terms of why we had him on, how we stumbled into him. Okay. Like, it's a chef's kiss. Like, it's a great job by Yeti, great job all around by the whole team. Look at us. Right. You think Greg Lobo is a more ridiculous uh, guest than a professional whistler and another guy named Greg Cody? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Because another guy named Greg Cody, it's like interesting to have someone else with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's much weirder. Okay, well, thank you again, Greg Lobo. And to our podcast family, uh, remember to review, rate, um, listen, continue to do all that stuff and, and be back next week. We love you all. We appreciate you. And uh, see you later. Bye-bye. We mentioned this during the Lobo interview. Where did you come up with putting a Lobo mint under your pillow? Like, where does that come from? (laughs) That's a good question because I'm not even somebody who takes mints. (laughs) I'm not even a mint eater, a mint sucker. I'm not even a mint guy, but... It just seems like something you, you know how kids put a, a, a tooth under their pillow when the fairy tooth fairy comes? Yeah. You put a Lobo's mint under your pillow and you know what comes into your life? Good fortune. <laughs> so it's That's just a ridiculous thing you came up with that means nothing. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Because even in the hotel, mints or chocolates are put on your pillow, Greg. You don't put them under your pillow. Yeah, it would melt. It would probably <laughs> melt under your pillow. <laughs> you put a Lobo mint 
under your pillow. It does not melt. It draws good luck. That's what it does. 